there in podcast land. You've sent out once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 204. Our guest a little bit later on going 10 rounds of Rhino. Oh, it's a big one, fam. We got the European PFL lightweight champion, the auditor, Yakub Kashuba, is here, and he is so fun to talk to. Great personality, phenomenal fighter. He's 11 and 0 for a reason, dude, and he is quite the awesome interview. So I can't wait for you guys to check that one out. So, our intro and our schedule is as follows. Well, happy almost New Year's, my friends, my fans, my listeners, my familia. Um, I hope everyone's having a great holiday season so far. This episode of CSWR is going to be a little different than normal. Obviously, we'll have our uh, co-main and main event results from the only major promotion that was had a card, which was Ryzen 45. We'll have a few of our favorite moments from Combat Sports World uh, this year that APB and I are going to share. We're going to have some uh, outstanding Q&A with some members of the Rhino Gang, plus the aforementioned 11-0 PFL Europe lightweight champion, Yakub Kashuba. He is so awesome. Can't wait for you guys to check that out with him going 10 rounds of Rhino. So, for the final time in 2023 APB, let's go ahead and get our swim trucks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So, the only, like I said, the only major card we've had. What a year indeed. <laughs> the only major card we've had in a while was uh, Ryzen 45 from the Saitama. I love saying it like that. You sit back in the Pride days. The Saitama Super Arena in Saitama, Japan. The co-main event was the Bantamweight belt was on the line between Kai Asakura and Juan Archuleta, who we know from longtime Bellator fighter Juan Archuleta. Kai Kas- Ak- As- I'm going to say it right. I'm going to do it. Asakura. Drops Juan and jumped on him, landed some nice GMP for the finish of round two. So the bandweight champion is Kai Asakura, beating Juan Archuleta, who actually didn't make weight, so he couldn't have won the belt anyway. So I'm kind of glad Kai won. Then moving into Kyoji Horiguchi, beating Makato Shinru by rear naked choke in the second round as well. It was a beautiful. And then APB that we've seen, I don't know, a smattering of times over the years. He decided to propose to his girlfriend in the ring after the fight, which I always think oh. is romantic and cute and nice. Some people say it's cheesy and shitty. I think it's cool. So, and she said yes, which is the better. Part of the oh yeah. Part. So that's, he was <laughs> kind of another story if she doesn't say yes. Right. Somebody so, needs to do that sometime just for shits and giggles. Oh, like, you never no, saw that man. in the NBA. You never saw that in the NBA game that clip. No. Oh did yeah. That. Oh yeah. And then she runs off the court, leaving him holding the ring and head held oh, up. Oh, it's like the <laughs> poor guy. Shit ever. I know. <laughs> but also, you kind of laugh because it's funny. So yeah, yeah. big ups to Kyoji Horiguchi for getting two wins last night, um, both in the in the in the title fight and getting engaged. So good ups, big ups to you, my dude. All right. So obviously, we don't have a UFC card to cover. There was no Bellator card, no one FC. Just we have the the opportunity to go over some of our favorite moments now. APP. In the landscape of of combat sports and MMA podcasting, there has been a slew of end of the year award shows. So we're not doing that, and we're not even saying what we think is the best necessarily. We're just having a few of our favorites of the big, you know, categories as far as MMA and boxing go. So some of our favorites of 2023 is I'll lead us off with my favorite KO, which we don't have to have a long memory to remember this one. <laughs> Josh Emmett right hand sending Bryce Mitchell to the shadow realm. Josh Simmons, my favorite KO of 2023. What was yours? That's it. It's right hand to seizure, like you said. I mean, you just you can't beat that. Even though it just happened, like <laughs> technically, it like two weeks was ago. the best one. Nobody does that. Nobody does right hand to seizure, and that right hand to scary. seizure. 
Right, right hand is easier as a what rhino trademark. I really don't want to think I want to see what tops that, honestly. I think that might be a bridge too far for me. But yeah. Someone's head detaching. And my runner-up, yeah, my runner-up was the, because before that happened, my favorite one of the whole year was the Justin Gaethje head kick KO for the BMF belt. Because I love a head kick KO and I love Justin Gaethje, even though it was Dustin Poirier, who I also love. I know props to Justin Gaethje on that one. It's, it was cool to watch. Hell yeah. <laughs> now getting their submission. I, I mean, obviously I'm sticking with the Rhino gang, Demond, the monster Blackshear getting that beautiful twister over Jose Johnson back in August. So yes, my submission, my favorite submission of the year, Rhino gang, 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 Demond <laughs> Blackshear twister over Jose Johnson. What about you? I picked that one also because it's a twister and he's Rhino gang, but I also picked my girl, Tatiana with the no arm guillotine of Jessica Andrade, which is the third former champion that she's beaten, by the way. We actually have a little bit of a discussion point about her later on the show, and I know you'll want to include your your opinion on that. So we're gonna get into that a little bit later. All right. My favorite fight from this year, to the to the surprise of no one, I'm picking my favorite UFC fighter, Justin Gaethje, for his majority decision over Rafael Faziv. Uh that was way back in March, but like that was my favorite fight of the year. That was a lot of good fights this year. A lot of fights I had a great time and enjoyed, but I'm sticking with Justin Gaethje with his majority decision over Rafael Fiziev. They both beat the shit out of each other. It was high impact. It was fun. It was nonstop action. I loved it. So that's my fight of the year. What about you, APB? I picked that one, too. I picked boys and girls. So that was my favorite boy fight, followed closely by Islam and Volk 1. But, yeah, the Gaethje-Fiziev fight was just – I remember it being, you know, so incredible. And there's that photo of Fiziev where he's all bloody and – it's just so good. And my yeah, female, my favorite female fight, actually, like there was the one, you know, a couple weeks ago, whenever it was Irene Aldana and Hosa. Carol, yeah, Hosa. That one was great. But I also really enjoyed uh, Mackenzie Dern and Angela Hill, even though it was totally one way. I just really liked that fight and watching Mackenzie Dern just like roll <laughs> around with her. It was so fun. I loved that one. You know, you went to APB. I didn't mind watching. Mackenzie Dern roll around with her either. <laughs> I know. I know you did. I knew you would approve of that one. Did you see, I put it in the group chat. Did you see the Angela Hill rap video? Yeah. I thought it was awful. It, oh yeah. But that's, that's, that's the point. It's just, it's supposed to be okay. silly and a joke. Uh, but, but our girl, Jenna Bishop, Rhino gang, she's one of the dancers in the background, which I love. And uh, cool. we, she and I talked about that in Instagram. Love. But yeah, it's a, it's a spoof. It's like lonely Island. It's just a funny, funny gig. So, as far as enjoyable moments, I wrote down a couple of enjoyable moments. My first one is kind of like, I don't know. I'm not going to say like the glass ceiling has been broken for women in WMA yet, like whatever. But I will say this, Laura Sanko becoming a member of the regular commentary team for legitimate UFC fights, not just contender series, is a big deal. And it's mm-hmm. not just because she's hot. It's not just because she has nice tits. It's not all those things that people like to talk about online. She actually knows her shit. Yes, she only had one professional fight. But she's been training jujitsu and MMA for a really long time. She's very good at articulating what she sees. She's entertaining. And, yeah, she's beautiful. But it's more to the fact that she's really good at what she does. So I thought her joining the commentary team was a big deal. And I'm putting that as one of my favorite moments. Uh, My second second one, which is probably even my most favorite moment of all, was when Korean Zombie retires after losing to Max Holloway, walks out of the fucking cage, and everyone's singing Zombie. Yeah, him and his wife were crying, but the whole place was just like supporting him and giving him his props and his due um, for all the great fights he's put on over the years. So, yeah, Korean Zombies, 
retirement, walking out the whole crowd singing zombie. That's probably my favorite MMA moment from the whole year. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah, dude. Now I'm going to do a couple boxing things, which I know is not your deal. And that's totally fine. So my performance of the year as far as my boxer of the year, and it's my favorite guy is Terrence Bud Crawford. He had the performance against Errol Spence Jr., which if you've ever seen Errol Spence Jr. fight, he's incredible, like on all fronts. And Bud Crawford beat the shit out of him for six rounds. So that's for sure. And then the honorable mention goes to my main man, Francis Ngannou, for going the distance in an ultra-competitive, some people say he won, uh, loss to Tyson Fury, the lineal heavyweight champion of the world, Francis Ngannou, and we got a question about him a little later on that we're going to get into as well. But those he are my. He had a great year. He Francis did. And we, we're going to get into that. Yeah, we're going to. I got some details on that. We're going to get totally into that too. So that's going to lead us into our Q and A session with some of our favorite members of the Rhino Gang. First <laughs> one coming from RSP is the choice for me. What do you got for us this week, my dude? RSP says, <laughs> "Do you think the UFC has peaked in popularity, and if so, when?" And if not, how much more growth do you think the organization is capable of keeping in mind the ongoing lawsuits? What are all the lawsuits? Do you know? Because I don't really know. I know that there are some, but I, I haven't really looked much into that. There's like, um, you know, they've been, they, there are people, I want to say uh, Nate Quarry is one of them. Um, there's been several fighters over the years who have either tried to unionize or tried to say that um, their union wasn't available to be put together due to rules put in place. You know, I'm not sure. I don't believe me. Don't quote me on any of this. I'm just saying, I know that there's, there's, there's some fighter lawsuits. Um, I know that Mark Hunt lost his. Yeah. I knew lawsuit. about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, there are several fighters. I, I, and again, I don't want to use any jargon that I don't understand, <laughs> but right. yeah, there are several fighters who are, who have lawsuits pending um, against the UFC. But again, we've seen that in other organizations for many, many years. We've seen that in many, um, Pro wrestling is a great example. Pro, pro wrestling has, has a lot of the same kind of issues because they're independent contractors. You know what I mean? And there are a lot, and there's a, it's a lot of injury and a lot of um, money disputes. So we've seen a lot of that over the years. I just don't think that the UFC is going to slow down at all, my dude. You got to think about this. Look at what they've been able to do for the last 10 years just in America. Now think about what they're going to try to do is tapping into the Chinese market, the Russian market, possibly India or wherever else. There are huge populations of people where they're going to have shows and in turn is going to expand the reach of the sport and in turn is going to expand their promotion being looked at as the number one promotion of mixed martial arts. I think we are just at the middle floor of what's going to end up being a penthouse of, of content that the UFC is going to have. They're going to have a stranglehold all over the world. I think we're going to get to a point, APB, where there are literally going to be multiple shows per weekend in different spots in the world. So there'll be the big show in Vegas, right? UFC 300 and whatever. And then the same day, there'll be the big, or maybe the day before, there'll be UFC Russia 10. And then possibly even UFC Shanghai 17. And these are going to call be going on at one time. And these could be just enormous business potential for the UFC once they start expanding into these other countries with large populations. So no, I think we are just barely at the middle of what the UFC is going to become the juggernaut of a machine that it is now going to keep on becoming as we roll on. So yeah, that's how I see that one going. My dude, RSP. Thank you very much. Wonderful question as always. All right, let's get into our home with the D dog. 
Ionic Dean Dog, as he's known. Dean Dog, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Dean says, since it's the last show of the year and it's been one of the most challenging times I've ever been through, my question is, what fighter has overcome and succeeded the most in your and APB's <coughs> opinion this year? Love the show. Thanks always. Well, yeah, yeah, it has, brother. And I'm not going to put any of your business out there that you know that you've shared with us in the group chat. But let me just leave it by saying this: I'm so glad you've been sorted out. We love you very much, and we very wouldn't much. be this. We would not be the same without you. You are a cornerstone of our of our GC family. We Absolutely. are so glad that you're so glad that you are doing better, my dude, and we love you. All right. So as far as like answering your question, we all know as far as fighters go, I am biased as fuck, and I'm I'm fully aware of that and we'll admit it but i gotta go with francis and ganu walking away from the ufc while being its current heavyweight champion because he was not satisfied with the contract that he was given with the money he was seeing and with the ability to step away and take boxing matches so basically he joined the pfl not just as a fighter but as an ambassador of the sport an ambassador for the pfl not only in africa but it, around the world he was free to take his boxing matches where He's still going to do, I think, obviously with his performance last time against Fury, um, he's going to make tons of money in boxing. He's still going to compete in the PFL. He's nearly 40 years old, and he's got two-shot knees. So you're telling me that this dude didn't bet on himself like times a 1,000? He did. Coming from where Francis Ngannou comes from, the journey and the plight that he had from a young man to where he is now is the stuff of movies. But he did it in real life. I could not be more proud of what he's been able to accomplish he, he is absolutely everything that I look for in a story in addition to what he can actually do in the cage. Hardest puncher in the history of the planet. Yeah, that's him. And for being able to walk away from the UFC when he did it, how he did it, it, it takes huge cojones. And I give all props and all respect to what Francis Ngannou has been able to put together and do. So, yeah. And what do I want to see for him later? Super Fight John Jones 2024 crossover promotion. You heard it here first, folks. And that's what I want to see. <laughs> So my answer on that one is for sure Francis Ngannou. Um, it, I know he said your name too. Did you answer that one or do you want me just to leave it as this? Well, I thought about it because I, I was trying to think of something since he did ask me to. And I had to. Um, I don't really know about like, I mean, kind of overcoming Alexa Grasso. I mean, no one thought sure. she would take down Queen Valentina and like nobody did. And she did spectacularly. And the other one, I would say, even though I don't like him, is Sean Strickland. I mean, the dude came from nothing and got ran over by a car in 2018 and somehow became the champion this year. <laughs> like, lost two <laughs> fights, you know, yeah. he had lost two fights and then in three fights, he's the champion now and beat Izzy. Like, what? Gets starched by Perea. Um, yeah. You know, like, you're right. He was totally rebuilt after a terrible motorcycle accident. And you know what's so weird about him? And again, neither of us like Sean Strickland, but it is impressive. But the thing about him that makes him so unique from anybody else is where fighters are steering away from heavy sparring a lot, right? Sean Strickland only <laughs> spars. That's all the guy does. You ever seen him hit a heavy bag or hitting pads? No, no, no. He spars every day. And I don't think that would work for a lot of people, but it works no. for him. So <laughs> you're right. Give him kudos. For I mean, that. it's That's working for him. So, you know, 
to each of their own. Who are we to say? I guess <laughs> Good you're right. Good for you, right. Sean Strickland, you <laughs> stupid bastard. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Thank you so much, D-Dog. Let's get into our girl, Sandy Pants, holding down H-Town. What do you got for us this week, Sandy Pants? Sandy Pants says, I hope you don't mind me recycling the same question I asked for FSP, Friendly Sparring Podcast. Shout but, out Juice. <laughs> shout out Thruple Juice. Um, yeah, but I think. My, that's my nickname. I know, I know. But no it's so thieving good. that from me. <laughs> I'm stealing it. I'll have to come up with my own. <laughs> Actually, you can have it. I love you that much. You can. You, we can share. Okay. Anyway, back to Sandy's question. Um, but I think it's a good one. Islam says he needs to fight in March. Would you rather see him versus Charles or Gaethje? Personally, I'd just like to see him fight anyone in his weight class for a change, but I'm leaning towards Gaethje. Do you like the shade that she's doing at the very end? <laughs> she's like, yeah. I'd like to see him fight anybody in his weight class for a change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sandy. She's great. Uh, she's so great. Oh my God. We love her so much. So yeah, it's a great question, Sandy. And it's funny because like I love Justin and I love Dubronx. Um, and I think they will both be great fights in different ways. Obviously, um, Justin against Islam would be able to take a lot of take place a lot in the feet. And I think it'd be a lot of fun back and forth. And I think Dubronx and Islam would have a lot of ground. Um, and we know how dangerous Dubronx is on the ground and Islam is as well. So again, they would both be really great fights. I think I'm leaning towards I'd rather see Dubronx again just because I think he could beat him in a way or more often, like let's say they fought 10 times. I think Justin maybe wins three or four, and I think Dubronx wins five or six, right? So I think Dubronx has a slight advantage, and I would like to see him back as champion. Um, and I don't think Justin needs to be champion to be, continue to be successful. And I think Dubronx almost does because Justin Gaethje brings such an incredibly like fun style and already has such a huge fan base that want to like just see him do his style, right, which is just throw down and throw hard. And I think Dubronx would benefit more from being the champion than Justin would. I know that's a, an interesting take, but it's it's how I feel. So, yeah, dude, I think either way is going to be fireworks. But, yes, I just want to see Islam versus either one of them, and I, and I would lean towards Dubronx just a little bit, and I'd like to see him get his belt back. So that is my stance on that one. Thank you very much, Sandy Pants. All right, let's get into our homie, Struggle Face Tom, or, or Tom the Struggle Grinch, which I love this holiday season. So, <laughs> so Tom, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Tom says, here we are waiting on John Jones, waiting on a 36-year-old John Jones to get healthy. A 36-year-old John who has fought twice <laughs> in five-ish years. It's so funny whenever you look back at it like that. We are always waiting on him, aren't we? I know. Yes. Okay. Then we wait on another training camp. Then we wait and assume 41-year-old Stipe Miocic can also stay healthy and make it through another fight camp. Because that's the fight he wants and will insist on and Dana will give him. Meanwhile, we have a new interim champ, Tom Aspinall. Is he expected to just sit and wait for everything to shake out? Does he take another fight just to get a paycheck? Risk his belt that doesn't hold much significance as John is lurking? What is the answer here at Heavyweight? I know what I'd do. Give John time and then look and then book him against Tom. What about Stipe, one might ask? My answer is, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, tell us how you really feel, my dude. Um, so, you know what's crazy, APB? When I think about, like, as you and I are recording this, 
I, I guess I didn't realize that Stipe was 41. You realize that you and I would have both gone to high school with Stipe Miocic? <laughs> like, you're old. You're old if you would have gone to high school with APB or <laughs> We went to high school in the 90s, Joe. It was like the grunge era. The last great decade we, of music. <laughs> we didn't even have cell phones, man. Like, nobody had a we cell phone. We didn't. We had pagers. No. I was, oh, my God. Did you yes. have one? I didn't have I had, a pager. I had a pager. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. I was too I remember, fancy for me. I, dude, they were like $6 a month or something like that. They were super <laughs> cheap. But, like, I remember all the codes. And I'm not going to say something online because they're they're filthy, but like, yeah, there was a Why? We want to hear the filthy code. Well, I'll tell you off air. And if anybody from that era can remember them, absolutely. But yeah, I'll do the nice one. One, four, three was I love you. So oh. if you got if you got to text one four three was I love you. So anyway, getting back to Steve Miocic and Tom Aspinall and the and the saga of John Jones. So I think the smart move for Tom obviously would be to sit and wait for John Jones. But then again. What is that going to do for him this whole year? He's going to lose an entire, maybe a whole year of, of inactivity? Like, no, 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 no. I'm saying if I'm Tom Aspinall and his team, you got to stay active. He's young. He's in great shape. He looked fantastic coming off of his injury and subsequent surgery. He's got a family to a few, You know what I mean? Like, Tom Aspinall needs at least a fight in 2024, not just waiting on John Jones. So, yes, if I'm Tom, I'm taking another fight. If they can't work out, John Jones for like the first six months of 2024, take another fight, take a fight. I don't even care who it's against. I can list like four or five names right now. I don't even care. Cause I think Tom Aspinall beats everybody besides John Jones. And then maybe John Jones. I'm not sure. I have to really delve into that. Stevie Miocic, as, as we all know, a former phenomenal heavyweight fighter. I think he's been so inactive. I think with his age and the miles on him, John Jones. <laughs> I think John Jones runs through Stipe and Miocic whatever way he wants, whether it's on the ground or on the feet. I definitely think Tom Aspinall and John Jones should fight this year. But for all the reasons you just mentioned, my dude, we don't know if that is even possible. Like, John may only want to take one fight. It would be against Stipe. So if I'm Tom, I'm not waiting on John. I'm not giving John that power, interim title, regular title, no title, whatever. I am at least want to get one scrap in this year. Hopefully it's against John. But if it's not going to be, don't sit around for six months, dude. You don't get that time back. So I think it's worth the risk to reward factor is there. And I think the risk is better than the reward. And you should definitely take another fight. So I, I sit on that, dude. I sit on that side of the fence of Tom Aswell should definitely fight and not wait for John Jones. If it's going to be for sure, Stipe first. So that's where I sit on that one. Thank you very much. Struggle face time. We love you. Broski. All right. Let's go ahead and do our next one, which comes from across the pond. My man in Gibraltar, the man of mayhem, baby. What do you got for us this week, dude? Fabian wants to know which current UFC champion are you sure retains the belt throughout 2024 and which current champion are you sure loses it? Who do you think takes the belt <laughs> from the latter? Happy New Year, Rhino gang. Thank you very much, Fabian, the gym owner supreme that you are, my dude. All right, so I'm not sure of anyone, and that's that's one thing we love about this sport. You can't be sure about shit when it comes to mixed martial arts. As far as like who I feel most confident that are both going to be the um, title holders that are title holders now and will be at the end of the year, there's two. Wiley Zhang and Leon Edwards. And there's two totally different reasons as to why. I think Wiley Zhang is going to um, fight Yan Shonan, let's say, in the next you know four or five months. So fight Yan Shonan. In that same time, I believe it's in February, our girl, APB and my girl, Tatiana Suarez is fighting Amanda Lemos. 
Tatiana Suarez is going to fucking beat the shit out of Amanda Lemos. Easy peasy, lemon fucking squeezy, right? I think Weili Zhang is going to see that, and I think she's going to extend when she fights Yan Shonan. So, like, let's say middle of the year, later toward later, and you're maybe eight months from now or whatever. She's going to beat Yan Shonan, and that's going to set up the fight between Tatiana Suarez and Weili Zhang. However, I don't think it's going to happen in 2024. I think it's going to happen. I'm sorry. I don't think it's going to happen um, early 2024, maybe by year's end, but I don't think so. I think we'll go back into the following year. So I think Wiley Zhang versus Tatiana Suarez is going to happen, but it's not going to be this year. So I think Wiley Zhang, 115-pound or strawweight champion by the end of the year. Now, Leon Edwards is the other one, and here's why for him. I think Leon Edwards is going to fight at UFC 300, and I think it's going to be against Bilal Muhammad. I think Bilal Muhammad is a tremendous fighter. I know he takes so much hate from so many people for so many reasons. But I do think he's a tremendous fighter. I think he will push Leon and give Leon a great fight. I think Leon Edwards wins that fight. Now, what happens after that? Shavkat Ramanov is coming. The Shavkat Rachmanov train is on the loose. And it's coming right at Leon Edwards. Unstoppable train. Do you think that Leon is going to want to take that fight? Hell no. Hell fucking no. He's going to want a vacation whenever that fight comes up. He needs a rest. And he's not not wrong. He deserves that. He's going to take take on Bilal. I think he'll beat Bilal. And then I think he's going to take a long extended time off. Let Shavkat beat up two or three more dudes at 170 maybe. And then it'll be unavoidable. But I do think he's going to extend that time. Because it's not because Leon. Leon's a great fighter. Shavkat is something different. He is something Maybe we've never seen He's a before. finisher, and Leon is not always a finisher. And Shop that matters, Cut. I Shop think. Shavkat is great. You're absolutely right, APB. And Shavkat is great everywhere. That's A, B. He's enormous for 170. And then C, he has no fear of anything, and his dedication is incredible. If you miss your fucking sister's wedding to train, <laughs> I, you're a fucking different animal, dude. Shavkat Rachmanov is absolutely going to be the champion in 2025. And I think Leon is going to beat Bilal and then somehow avoid the duck dodge, duck dive and dodge. I've got fight <laughs> for the remainder of the year. So that's how I, why I think both of them are going to be um, champions by the end of the year's end. I think that Grasso actually has the biggest chance to lose the belt. And, and I, and I think that there's so many hungry 125ers, but I also think that the trilogy with Shevchenko is going to be set up. I think the last fight, I think Valentina won, I love Grasso, and I'm glad she's champion. I'm glad she beat Valentina when she did. But it is it is set up the trilogy, and I do think Val's going to take it back. So I and again, I don't, I'm not saying I want that to happen necessarily, but I do think it's what's going to go down. So I got Shevchenko beating the belt back from Grasso. Um, yeah, so those are my answers on that. Well, thank you very much, Fabi. We love you as always, my dude. All right, now let's get into Thruple Juice trademark combat sports Rhino Thruple Juice, which means you're allowed to use an APB because they're on the same program. Thank Thruple you. Ju- of course, sweet. I try to be. <laughs> so, Thruple Juice, what do you got for us this week, my dude from Friendly Sparring Pod? Thruple Juice wants to know what's your MMA resolution for 2024? Same question for boxing. <laughs> so, I took this, my dude, as what I hope to see. Like, what I want to see both in boxing and MMA. And to be honest, buddy, it's the same answer for both. I want the sports to keep the trend going of. Best fighters in their divisions fighting the best fighters in their divisions. MMA has always been better about it than boxing as far as, like, the top two guys in a weight class 
fighting each other, right? Um, because MMA, the losses haven't meant as much. It's not like you lose a fight in MMA, like, oh, you're gone, you're out of the title picture for the next five years. It doesn't work like that. And that's, that's one of the better points about MMA over boxing. Boxing, unfortunately, the tradition has been, if you lose, you go way back down the line. And you got to work your way back up, you know, six, seven fights. It's not that way anymore. And I think it's, it's, it's moving more towards the way that MMA is, which is a good thing for everybody. So, yes, Errol Spence Jr. versus Bud Crawford is a, is a fight that maybe wouldn't have, wouldn't have happened a few years ago, but did. Because that's the way things are trending. That's what the fans want. That's what the, the commissions are allowing to happen now. Um, all these alphabet soup titles, they don't mean as much anymore. It really comes down to who is fighting who and how are you winning. And if you take a loss against the very best guy, you only move down a couple pegs. You don't go slide down to the end of the bench anymore, which is a good thing. So what I want for 2024 for both boxing and MMA, keep having the best guys fighting each other, giving us the best content that you can, and no more of the politics, well, not no more, but <laughs> minimizing the politics as much as you possibly can in both sports. And then who wins? All of us, the fans and the fighters and the sponsors and the promoters. Everybody does. So that's my answer on that one. Thrupple Juice, thank you very much, my dude. All right, let's get into our 10 rounds of Rhino with 11-0 PFL Europe lightweight champion, Yakub Kashuba, after a quick word from our sponsors, K&R Design. Hey, Rhino gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Ah, fight fam, we're some sort of fantastic guest going 10 rounds of Rhino with us this week. 11-0, PFL Europe, lightweight champion, the champ is here. The champ is here. Yakub Kashuba, the auditor, is joining us. Yakub, thank you so much for being here tonight, sir. Thank you for the invite, Rhino. It's an honor. Oh, dude, we are so stoked to have you on. So, Yakub, it's so funny that we have so many fighters over the history of our show with such different stories, come from different places, have different things, but everyone's origin story is as original and genuine as each individual fighter themselves. What is the origin story of how you first got involved in this crazy, wacky world of MMA, my friend? I guess uh, it will go back to when I was uh, probably five years old and I was being raised in Poland. And... Uh, and I was, uh, I just love to watch uh, Dragon Ball Z and uh, Mighty Morphs Power Rangers. And I used to go outside and wrestle with my friends. And 
adventurous early karate. So then I moved uh, to Florida when I was uh, eight or nine years old, and um, I didn't have good English, and I didn't have too many friends. So I spent a lot of time with my dad uh, watching boxing DVDs and uh, practicing pads in the kitchen. And uh, we signed up to a Taekwondo gym where uh, we competed throughout Florida. And uh, I won the national tournament in Orlando a couple of times. And then after that, we decided at like the age of 12 to, to start kickboxing and boxing uh, to concentrate on it. And then eventually in high school, I, I joined the wrestling team. I got second in state. Uh, at the same time, I got second in state, uh, second in state in uh, Golden Gloves boxing in the state of Florida. And uh, at 18, we decided to retire from boxing and uh, focus on uh, MMA just because I had such a background in in everything. Uh, and then just kept getting amateur fights. I had six amateur fights, and then I turned pro at the age of uh, probably 24, I would say, or 23. Excellent, my dude. So <laughs> you definitely have what we call a uh, diverse background in combat sports with a long amateur, you know, background and in, in, you know, your wrestling and you had your, um, you know, your boxing on the other. So, so, yeah, the perfect, perfect transition into mixed martial arts, if you will. So, my dude, you just and I mean, just won the lightweight title uh, at PFL Europe four uh, from TKO from back punches over John Mitchell, literally just a week ago, <laughs> dude, what has this week been like for you, man? Well, like kind of go us through, like go through what are you, some of the fun things you've been able to do? You know, what have you, what have you been up to this last week, man? It's weird to be the champ now. Yeah. I mean, uh, I had to go back to work on Monday cause I'm an auditor for the state of Florida. So I went back to work and, uh, uh, that, you know, I'm trying to rest this week, but um, John actually beat up my leg pretty bad. So when I get home, I'm pretty mobile. I got to really rest it and let it heal. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of interviews and trying to juggle the scheduling and stuff. And uh, yeah, just trying to to figure it out, you know, uh, uh, but I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. really trying. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the alternative. That's got to be for sure, Fred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so we had a party. We had a party on Friday uh, in here in Jacksonville. Uh, so all the all my local fans showed up, which was cool, and that was really fun. And uh, yeah, right now I'm at actually a car dealership trying to buy a car for my wife as well. <laughs> so awesome, dude. Um, I saw some of that on your Instagram story. You were at least you were out to dinner with some friends and some family, uh, having some pierogies and some other fun stuff. I remember, I remember seeing that yeah. on there. So you've been living well. It was exactly what we want to see after somebody coming off such a gnarly hard camp. And I really do uh, enjoy the fruits of your labor, if you will, bro. So <laughs> Yakub, you are off to an eleven and zero start in your pro MMA career. That does not happen for the vast majority of fighters, buddy. Um, what do you think is the biggest reason? I'm sure there are dozens of reasons as to why you've had such a great launch, but what do you think is the biggest reason, the most overriding reason why you've been able to start out at 11 and 0, my friend? Uh, just like I, uh, like I told you the story I just done, I competed in every single, uh, martial art and I, and I competed in it, you know, from wrestling, high school wrestling, where I just solely, you know, for a couple of months of the year, just wrestling and concentrate on wrestling. And then I would, you know, concentrate on boxing. And I've been doing this since I was, you know, 12 years old, really. I guess with Taekwondo, it started at nine. Uh, so I'm just, I've done every discipline and concentrated on it and uh, learned its uh, techniques. And uh, I'm a hard worker. I'm very consistent. Uh, yeah, yeah. Consistency really is one of the biggest things that we, we learn 
is beneficial in combat sports. Yeah. You know, it's great. It's great if you can be a killer for six weeks, and then if you take six weeks off, you're right back yeah. to square one. So yeah, consistency is absolutely key. Can you tell us about the growth that you've seen in Polish MMA over maybe the last ten years or so? Obviously, we look at names like Karolina Kowalkiewicz, Marcin Tybura, of course, Joanna Champion, now Jakub Kasuba, but. There's got to have been a big growth over there, dude. What can you tell us about what's going on over there in Poland in the MMA scene? I mean, I suppose people just love to fight. You know, we always had great kickboxers. I'll probably say our weakest link is the wrestling, but uh, jiu-jitsu has really grown and it's getting strong. Uh, but also now with a lot of immigration from, you know, the Caucasus and Eastern, uh, I guess, Eastern Asia, we're from the old Soviet republics. A lot of Chechenians and Dagestanians are coming in, so they're bringing the wrestling in with them. Uh, but yeah, we just love to fight, and uh, every every normal Polish casual man is like, you know, I'm gonna go to an gym. I actually talked to Dan Hardy about Dan, Dan Hardy about it, and he was like, dude, you guys have so many MMA gyms, and you know, we're only a country of like 40 million people, you know, maybe you know, between 36, 40 million people, and we got a lot of great fighters on the international scale. Scale when you think about our population, and I just it's in our blood. We love to we love to fight, you know. Absolutely, my dude. And again, it's it's one of those things where it's it's become such a almost a catchphrase to say Polish power when you're talking mm. about the the guys and the girls coming over from Poland because everybody seems to pay even as small as small as Carolina or as Joanna, they bring an extra <laughs> set of power that you don't yeah. normally see at that weight class. So I don't know. It's and again, tell me if I'm saying this wrong. I've had a soup. I have an Polish soup called flotchki. Is that is that how you pronounce it correctly? Flotchki? Oh yeah, flotchki. That means intestine. Oh. Dude, yes. so I know it sounds like it sounds a little strange. It sounds like something you might see on Bizarre Foods with the, with Andrew Zimmern on the Travel Channel. Dude. But I have had it and it is delicious. So I wonder if the Polish power comes from the flotchki. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> we eat a lot of weird stuff, you know, chicken livers, uh, beets, pierogi, uh, gołąbki, and uh, kielbasa. Uh, so yeah, I think I think nutrition must play a part in it. You know, I really do. It, it has to because there's you know again, there's no other logical explanation for a 115 pound woman to pack the kind of power that some of the <laughs> fighters coming over you have and moving all the way up to the big heavyweights. So yeah, it's pretty awesome, dude. Now we all have to find balance, Yakub. It's it's really. It's something, of course, we talk about consistency, but we also have to have time away, time with friends, time with family, time to chill and relax and get our mind right and calm down, slow down. What are some things you like to do away from training, away from the fight world to just kind of relax, chill and have some fun? I love to cook. So right now I'm just, I'm, I love all the free time I have. So I made myself homemade fried chicken. Uh, I have cooked myself uh, just uh, homemade smash burgers. And, uh, oh, nice. I'm just experimenting, you know, and having fun, uh, homemade milkshakes, banana splits, and it's it's nice to cook for myself. I love to do that, and then I love to play video games. I'm a, I'm a huge strategy video game nerd, and uh, so I just got myself a new gaming laptop so I can play uh, 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 the, the new, uh, what is it called, uh, is it Starfleet game? I, I forgot what it's called at the moment, but yeah, I'm, I'm a big gamer. I love, I love the game. So I, when you said strategy game, I'm I'm not a big gamer, and I, I'd be like I play on my console every once in a while, but I, I'm mostly a sports video game guy. What is a uh, what's a strategy game? Like what's an example of that? Like, what's what you oh, really so liked I, over the years? I like uh, like uh, simulations like Europa Universalis, uh, or uh, where you you know lead. Like I always play as Poland, and I I take it through like the Renaissance into the late 1800s. 
uh, or like Victoria Free, which is about industrialization of whatever country you play as, you know, going from a farming society to an industrial power. And then I like war strategy games like Warno or a war game. So, uh, uh, yeah, those are like my uh, favorite types of games. But then, you know, also like the Call of Duty on my PlayStation 5 or, uh, you know, just a normal shooter, you know? Hell yeah, dude. It's so funny that, like, you're talking about all these games. They sound really fun, but, like, I never got past playing Risk, the board game Risk. Like, that was about the last <laughs> that was about the last time I played any sort of, like, world domination, successful country, you know, yeah. uh, kind of game like that. So it would be way above my head to try to keep up with you in any of those. So, dude, this is a fun one that a lot of fighters, they struggle with. They struggle with this question. And some know right away. Some already have the answer right at the hat, you know, drop of a hat, but other words really work on work on thinking about what would be the best answer. So we'll see which category you fall into, my friend. So All if right. you were if you were not a fighter, we know we know you're an auditor for the state of Florida, but yeah, if you if you were not that and you were not a fighter, what do you think okay. your career would be? Like if you had to really think about what you would be think you'd be great at and love besides fighting, besides working as an auditor for for the state, what do you think that would be, my friend? I, I would be in the military. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like taking orders. uh, And I just, you know, I like uh, the discipline. Uh, Yeah, and I like just the strategy part of it, you know. Uh, I'd probably be in logistics, honestly. That that really... I've been reading actually a cool book now about uh, American history of uh, mobilization during war. And uh, it's... Right now, I'm the part we're talking about, you know, the Re- Revolutionary War and how the logistics work for that and how the army was, you know, mobilized. Uh, and it's really interesting. So that's what probably be doing. That sounds super interesting, dude. I would be totally all about that book. Now, we talked about it a little bit earlier, my friend, but food is a major deal, not just for fighters, but for everybody, but particularly for fighters who have to deprive themselves of some of their most favorite things for weeks on end leading up to a fight in camp. So you've got to think about it. I know it's hard to choose, especially with like your cooking background that you have, but if you have deprived yourself from some of your favorite stuff for let's say six, eight weeks, and then you've just won the fight and you can go out anywhere and you can have anything you want. What do you want to throw down on and where do you want to get it from my dude? So I want to go to a good Polish restaurant and that's what we did with my manager, Steve. He booked us a nice Polish uh, food truck place that catered to us in like this, uh, uh, in this industrial park, but it was really well done. And, uh, yeah, I just picked down on Polish food and that, that made me a happy, happy dude. And then, uh, <laughs> a lot of burgers. I love my smash burger. So I, you know, I went to steak and shake today and it was nice. Oh, that is so good. I love, I, I haven't had steak and shake in a while, but I used to love their, uh, their thousand Island dressing. Cause they have this really unique oh. thousand Island dressing. I'll get a patty melt and fries and I would dip everything. It sounds like it's so good. And yes, you just gave a shout out to your manager, Steve. That's Steve Swedish. Double S, as I like to call him. Shout out to our homie Steve for sure for hooking it up with the uh yes, for hooking it up with the uh with the Polish food truck. Well, dude, Yakub, we have we have careened our way into the tenth round with Rhino, which is just the easiest round of them all. Just share your social medias with us, dude. So everybody in the Rhino gang, all my listeners and followers, we can all follow you along, keep tabs on you, you're moving forward and see that next the title defense and many thereafter. But yeah, just share your social medias with us, dude. Yeah, so please follow me on Instagram. I, I'm a D Auditor PL on Instagram. And then I'm uh, on uh, on Twitter. I'm uh, Kilbasa FL. Uh, that's my handle on Twitter. So please follow me there. 
Absolutely, fam. Both on Instagram and on Twitter. This guy came in and did his work last week at PFL Europe. He's the new lightweight champion. It was a wonderful performance. If you watch him over his career, you see him leveling up every time we see this dude in the cage. He's exciting. He is fun. He is engaging. He is a striker and a grappler. Everything you want to see in an MMA fighter, you got it right here in Yakub, the auditor, Kashuba. Dude, we are so appreciative you were able to take the time out to go 10 rounds around today, dude. Best of luck and best of skill moving forward. We'll definitely have you on again down the line, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Hi, it's Yakub, the auditor Kashuba, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Yakub, that was straight up awesome, dude. I loved talking to you, man. That was so much fun. I even got to bring up Flotsky, which is a soup, a Polish soup that I love, which I don't think I ever could have brought up before in an interview. So that was so great, dude. Literally, we wish you just the further uh, of success in your career. Awesome, awesome, dude. We appreciate you. All right. Let's get our shout-outs and our outro to our forum contributors to the Rage of Sweet Potato. RSP is the choice for me. <laughs> My homie Dean. Oh, by the way, RSP, I have not watched the final season of Letterkenny because I'm not emotionally ready for that. So I'm, hold, I'm holding off on it. I'm not going to watch it yet. I can't do it. <clears throat> so then let's get into our homie, the Dean Dog. Great question, as always, my brother. To our girl, Sandy Pants, holding it down for the ladies. To our homie, Struggle Face Tom. To Fabian, the man of mayhem. To Thruple Juice, of course. To APB, the co-host with the mohos. One of my most favorite people in the whole world. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. We love you so very much. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you also. Awesome. To our girl, Brat. Filthy Casual. Kairos. Lauren. My, uh, my homies from the PRG, Shannon, Steffi, and Gina. My dude, Mike Morgan. Miss Fight Diva. The homie MMA by Milliken. Cyrus King. Ashley, the MMA mom. Julian, Jason, and Chrissy, my underdog MMA peeps. To Leslie, Pamela, Maya, Sammy, Hunter from 24-7 FC. Steve, Annabelle, my Rhino Gang GC, who I love so much. And shout out to Angel, our homie, our oh, baby. happy birthday. <laughs> exactly. Our baby in the group check, because I think he's the youngest. So he turns 29 yesterday. So big happy birthday to our boy, Angel. We love you, brother. To Drea, the feature player. To D. Reigns, the best engineer in the biz. To J at JMMA4 on Twitter. And JMMA on YouTube for his um, video game content. So awesome and a fantastic poster again of Yakub this week. Thank you, brother. Of course, we love to wish everybody a happy new year. Whether you celebrate it or don't, you know, we hope you have a good year. Hope we're off to a brand new start. I know it's been a shitty few years for a lot of us. Let's turn the tide. Let's make things happen and start by being kind and positive to your friends, your family, and those around you. As we love to say around here, APB, love is greater than hate. And we will see you next week. Cage side.